Welcome, everybody, to People of Efrat, where we all get to learn more about this great community and the people that make it tick. Good morning, Misa. How are you good feeling morning. today? Good. Yeah? Oh, sure. All's good? Chaim. Okay, so since Just we're... Like what it says here, uh, yeah. Batchinam, yeah. that's what it's about. Yeah. This. You see this? Yes. That's my, what it's about. Mine is ten chiyuch hakol etova. Nice. Yeah, you I got oto dava. People ten that are chiyuch. upset, yeah. that are upset, yeah. they just don't know have any. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, people go through waves, though, you know? Like, waves? people, yeah. Here, grab it whenever you're ready. Whenever you're ready. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. You know, people right. go through waves. Sometimes they're they're happy, sometimes they're not. Some, But some people are happy all the time, even when stuff's pretty sad outside. True. What do you think is the difference? What do you I think is special think... about that? those people? As a person who's usually happy and in a really good mood, I think I'm just very optimistic. I always believe that even from the worst things in life, greater things can happen. Yeah. I mean, just look back at our really history. <laughs> look back, you know. Well, you yeah. got to live on the edge, was... Hershey, you know. <laughs> the Holocaust was awful, but then we got a state. So yeah. even when times are hard or sad, I sort of try to think of what's going to be the good thing that comes out of it. Right. Um, and then you're just happy again because yeah. you're looking forward to something good. Wow. Says a lot coming from... Two Efrat OGs, and you guys were here through. I'm sorry. Some pretty. What's an OG? Original. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, guys, you've been here from like the very, very beginning. Almost the very beginning. But I mean, you grew up here, right? I'm here Fairly. since I'm ten. Yeah. And, and you stayed. Yes, correct. We stayed, and we didn't have to. We decided to because uh, we love this place. You, you didn't just stay and and decide to stay. You built your business here. You 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 built you have your growing family here. You've lived in. I'm a council member here. You're a council member, <laughs> right? A council mem- member. To here. me, exactly. Efrat is utopia. Yeah. I love Efrat. I love everything about Efrat. I love the strategic place of Efrat. I love the history around Efrat. Um, I don't know. I just think it's an amazing place to be. It's an amazing place to bring up my kids. And the people who live here are unbelievable. It's a variation of people too, right? I know, but that's what's so great yeah. about it, that you could be friends with so many different people, but they're all so great. Yeah, I completely agree. What was it like? You know, what, what, my question really is like, why did you guys stay? You said you stayed, you love it here. It's just because you. this is what you've known and this is what you've always, you know, uh, been used to and been comfortable with or like, you chose to stay because of some sort of specific reason. So not at all. Yeah. I have to say that at first the decision to stay was a little bit hard. Yeah. Um, knowing we were going to raise not very religious family in a community that was becoming more and more religious. You can speak for yourself. Was, I raise a Haredi family. Yes, I know. Okay. I'm talking for myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, is sneakers Haredi also? Yeah. Sneakers is a lot more than Haredi. <laughs> yeah. Sneakers is actually the main rebbitzin of most of the different religions within Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but we'll leave Sneakers for a different time because yeah. this is our podcast That's and she's yeah, always the star. So I'm her. sorry, Sneakers, you're <laughs> going to stay there and we'll talk about your religious outlook some other time. Impressive. She just stays. My dog would be all over all of us. Tar would be licking our faces and drinking our coffee. Yeah. Well, yeah. you see there, there's that's Tiny. Yeah. Tiny is the newest member of the IDU. Tiny is like three months, four months old. And by accident, Tiny yesterday just jumped into a major search in Jerusalem. And Tiny was the uh, first or second dog that got to the the person that got lost. Yeah. Yesterday in Jerusalem. Three, four months old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tiny is an upcoming star. And look at Tiny. Three, four months old. He's just laying around, chilling. He knows what he's supposed to do. But again, the dogs, you know, it's not their podcast, Hershey. Come on. <laughs> well, you brought up the IDU. So but everybody like, likes dogs. Yeah, but that's everyone why everyone dogs. gets distracted. No yeah. one ever wants to talk to me. Right. Finally, you of come to talk not. to me. And now again, <laughs> going into dogs. Every Tar, dog has his day. Every dog has his day. Exactly. Um, fine. We're, we go on tangents here, and it's fun. We do it. Definitely. Um, the ID- waves. 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 <laughs> the, the IDU, the Israeli dog unit. That's a really, really special organization. Um, I just have a little bit of a crazy story now, but I don't know if you know this. Mika knows this. 
But about a year and a half ago, oh, yeah, I do you know. do. A very close family member of mine went missing, my cousin's husband. Um, and people were looking. It was around a really tough time. It was around Logbomer. It was like a week before Logbomer, maybe like a few days before Logbomer. And that's and and he was in that area in Mayrone. And what happened was he went missing and it was very hard for the police to search for him because there was just so So many many people people there and so much going on. And we were having a really hard problem getting people to go out there and look for him. And the IDU stepped up. I mean, no doubt about it, no question about it. IDU stepped up and they had people there way after Largo Omer. Um, I want you to know we still search for him every time we get any little tip. Yeah. um, Just like a week and a half ago, I got a tip. I got a picture. Somebody sent something that they thought may be him in the old city. Yeah. And I went to the old city to search for him one morning. Yeah. It ended up not being him. But listen, it's awful. It's awful when people go missing. It's awful for the family just not to know where their loved one is. Yeah. Um, and that's really our mission. Our mission is to try to help them and help find their, you know, loved ones. Yesterday was really, yesterday was an amazing success. Yeah. Um, a disabled guy, I mean, mentally disabled, went to Kupat Cholim with his madrich. His madrich turned around for a second and the guy walked away. But literally a second. Like literally a second. He turned his head for a second. You can't even blame him, you know? And suddenly the guy's lost and they don't know where he is and we were searching on cameras all over the jerusalem police was amazing they really they stepped it up in a second the technological they, department really yes. stepped in fast they, they did they they and really I, i've never been on a search yeah. where they kept giving us updated pictures of the guy every time he moved forward and he went by um, a camera mm-hmm. we got it, it was sent to us within minutes yeah. so we were really able to be on his track very very quickly um it's really cool God. that you guys work like hand in hand like that i wouldn't have, well we you yeah. would have to work hand in hand yeah. because you know if they're sharing information though uh, with you, yeah you, Listen, you know, it depends which it, it depends on the station yeah um not all police stations are so active and so happy to help right but um i have to say it was it was an amazing experience we were, how many of us were there? We were like, we were like six or seven people from the dog unit. Yeah. We had four dogs, right? Within a few minutes. All from Efrat. All from Efrat. Everybody, it, it was it. like in a second, everybody picked up what they were yeah. doing um, and just went on the search. Yeah. And it, like that feeling of finding someone within the first few hours where, wow. you know, that nothing really happened. And, yeah. you know, he just went for a nice walk and he didn't even feel lost, really. He right. was just... You know, yeah, out for a nice stroll. Unaware of it. Um, totally unaware. Um, it, that, that was really. I don't, I'm happy we're doing this today after yesterday because sometimes, unfortunately, we're we don't find live people. Yeah. And it's you really know, tough. going on a search and finding someone who was just out for a nice little walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really. And those first helps. few hours or the first day or whatever it is, that's like the most important time to get in there. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because like, it's much easier to be on the tracks yeah, the of track. someone. Yeah. The dog's track by For that by specific scent. reason, yeah. usually we try to get involved as soon as we can. Yeah. A lot of the times the authorities or different people, different organizations don't want us to be involved so quickly. Yeah. And uh, usually most organizations or any type of uh, governmental thing, they usually stop after 24 hours. Right. And uh, then you have just long lists of people that no one knows where they are. And we usually stay on for the long haul. Yeah. And uh, and we stay and we stick out. Whatever but we... they also don't go searching right away. Yeah. Like a person isn't considered lost if they just strolled off a few minutes ago. But right. we know that if a person just strolled off a few minutes ago, he could be lost. Especially if they're mentally disabled. Days. Yeah, mentally disabled sure. especially. So but that's a high case. And something but like also that we have a lot of suicidal don't. risk. children. You know, yeah. Children or people that have disabilities so we'll go right away if it's someone like me or you yeah we couldn't reach you for four hours it's okay it's right. because hershey's okay yeah. and uh, his battery died he'll go goes missing for days on end it's normal and that's okay right, right. but uh, right. yeah definitely but this brings me back and yeah. i'm going to connect back to this in a second so if you're worried we're leaving the dogs yeah we're not. okay i just want to go back to something and and explain to you yeah. so it could be that nava and i um run a business it could be that I also teach in a 
in colleges and universities, all kinds of different dog stuff and give lectures all over the, the country. Could be that I teach all kinds of things and it could be that we uh, also volunteer in the dog unit. Um, but also once in a while, Nava and I like to see the country yeah. and see the stuff that's going around. And I just want to give you um, a little bit of perspective of just this weekend from Thursday till Sunday, yeah. the places that we've been in the country yeah. to see them for our own enjoyment. Yeah. But also in every single one of these places, we connected to the parts of ourselves, whether it's um, our business or it's whether it's the, uh, the IDU dog unit mm -hmm. in each place that we go to, seeing how we could contribute or help or give ideas or see places that need help. Or whether if it's Nava for the things that she does for Efrat, going to different communities and asking the people in each yeah. one of these communities how they do their things that she's doing here to get a perspective of other places and see other ideas to bring to the people of Efrat the best possible um, uh, shirut, whatever that Service. is, Service. in any, in yeah, any type of way possible. It is, it's talking about is a listen, lot more than that. It, it could be, but for us, this is the way that we do it. Yeah. If other people, for them to do this shirut, is to be elected and to just sit down and to just smile, then we usually don't do that. I don't have Facebook. And if you ever have seen me on Facebook, it's not me writing on Facebook. It's someone else that once in a while, they'll ask me, Micha, please, could I post something on your Facebook? You want to post it? Do it. It's about me. It's about someone else. Yeah. Do whatever you want. I don't, I, I'm not in that type of, of circles. But this is just an idea so you understand. Yeah. So this Thursday, when we both finished all of our uh, volunteering and community work and and uh, our work in the office or whatever it is. So we went out. We started, this is just, this is a partial list because I don't remember all the places as we were, you were talking, I was okay. just writing it down because I'm like, where was, where were we, what day? I'll try it to fill like them in. Year. So you fill them in if I forget anything. And it could be that some of the things aren't exactly in the order that they were, but this yeah. is more or less it. Thursday, we started out in Susia. No, Harbracha. No. Not her bracha. I'm a beta bracha. One second. One second. You, I love having second. couples Listen, on the podcast. So, you know what? <laughs> we went to beta bracha, but then after that, we went to Susia, yeah, then yeah. to Maon, wow. then to Carmel, then probably bit, back to beta bracha or not. Then we came back to right where we are so here. So, we're talking about uh, uh, southern Hebron, like below Hebron yes, area. Yes. Yeah. The whole Hebron, Maon area. There's beautiful. tons and tons of Maon's farms there. Love it. These people need help in terms of not only security, but also yeah. ideas for better agriculture. Right. The south of Hebron is amazing and filled with right with everything. Oh my gosh. They're growing, they're yeah. raising, they're whatever it is. And each one Can of these I just places, mention, yeah, if you're already talking about them, yeah. the fact that um, so many people have a problem with the meat industry because of the way we raise meat and cattle and, you know, and if you go down there and you see how free the animals are and... I mean, some of the farms there only feed organic food to the animals. Right. We're talking about fully organic, well-fed, happily raised animals. And then um, one of the issues that I'm trying to work on is if they want to legally slaughter the cattle, they have to put them onto, you know, onto trucks, take them to a slaughter home and do it over there, which I think is awful. And I understand the farmers for not wanting to do that. Therefore, I, I don't. I don't want to say they're doing something illegal. I don't know exactly what they're doing. Um, I've been down there. I'll, but, I'll interject for a second. I have been down there. I was at one particular farm in Maon. A wonderful person over there, and I saw that I saw their setup, and it's a very clean operation. Okay. Oh, for sure. So, see, what I think would be better is if the country would recognize the fact that there are people that are doing this and they're right. doing it for amazing reasons. And therefore, instead of forcing them to come up to the slaughterhouses, let's bring the slaughterhouses down to the people. Right. Let's do it right there on their property. Let's do right. it in a place. It's better for the animals. It's better for the animal, 100%. It's better for everybody. Yeah. Um, it would be so wonderful if I could get, if I could push that forward. That's really right. a, a major, major part of what I'd like to be running for if we go a little bit towards sure. the political point of yeah. where I want to be. Um, yeah, I think that's great because, you know, like it's set up just for the big wigs, for the big operations. 100%. And like the little exactly. guys who so, maybe yeah, they all get lost and their boutique and they're the ones who are spending the time and being careful and are able to watch an operation, you know, in a better way. 
you know, one way or another, everyone can choose what they want. That's fine. For sure. But in, but at the end, if you that, think right? about it, Wait, at but, the end of the day, all of us yeah. would much rather be going to these to personal oh, people's farms to I went, pick our we went vegetables, down, we bought get some our steaks. meats. Instead oh, of going amazing. to a store where yeah. we know that the animals were stressed out, yeah. were stuffed in pens and it's it's just a different world but, yeah. and it's not even just the cattle and the animals guys it's even so it's just produce picking your own produce everything i mean covid has taught us that sometimes we just have to learn that self-sustainability is really what's important so we have to really think about our own farmers whether they're in Shtachim area which i know is a little bit of an ideological problem for some people in this country and that's okay because there are places that aren't in the Shtachim where people yeah are growing cattle up in the Golan. There are places down in the Arava, in the right. Bika. I mean, there's so much farming and agriculture going on in this country. Yeah. And it would be really nice to see um, the support of our government mm-hmm. in these farms and sure. helping out these people. Because really, when it comes down to it, if anything ever happens, another big world pandemic or war from argentina i I know it's crazy i mean really like we have to start thinking about ourselves and what's good for the people in this country um and and good for not just the big industries but also you know just the simple farmer this is really just trying to make a living in this country right yeah this is all things aside from that very different. What, how do you feel about like the technological advances in, in, in meat in the lab and chicken in a lab? Because there's a lot of that going on, especially in I, our country. I know. Right? And I feel like the idea is to be like self-sufficient. And, and, and there's, only so many, uh, there's only so many cows that can be supported on X amount of land. And I think... I, I agree. Yeah. Um, listen, I personally find it a little bit gross because mm-hmm. I don't like eating... I don't like eating fruits or vegetables that I feel were, you know, tampered with too much. Right. Um, but in general, I'm a more organic person. Mm-hmm. So that's why it sort of bothers me. But I totally get it. And for people who... It bothers them, the actual killing of the animal. Yeah. So that's a great solution. Yeah. And I'm so happy and so proud to be living in a land where people, you know, look forward and think of, like, great ideas all the time. Yeah. Um, listen, I don't know. Yeah. I- I'm amazed at how far the Jewish people have come throughout history and in only, like, you know, the past 74 years in this country, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. Cool. It's very cool. I saw someone very cool. mentioned recently just how we're still in our infancy, This, you know, this country. We're only 75, 75 years in. It's like so uh, so minimal, you know? Oh, shit. Okay, so me, yeah. you're going to go on your Zoom? Go for it, bro. Great to see you. Love the jacket. <laughs> it's, good. I love that it's so cool. He's my caveman. <laughs> there's no, there's no stopping him. He he just does what he does. Yeah. There, there's there's no stopping. There's him. no. He he has his he he drums his own beat. Oh my god. <laughs> totally. I, I love you guys for that. The both of you, like you know, it's just it's been such a. It's like really nice living near a family like yours, which is like very unique. You guys are very you. You Thank know what you. I mean, um, and it helps like color in the neighborhood a lot. So I, I sort of feel like everyone in the neighborhood is so colorful. Every person who I meet who moves in, yeah, is so amazing, and there's so much to learn from each one of like, I don't like I love Efrat. I've loved growing up in Efrat. I loved living in Efrat, and the Dagan for me is just it's like a whole new Efrat. Sure. You know, it's. I don't know. It's sort of, it's funny because it's very much like the Efrat I grew up in. When we grew up in Efrat, when we yeah. lived here, when we were younger, Efrat was very diverse. There right. were so many different kinds of people. I mean, it wasn't even an issue. I'll give you an example. Um, Asichayel was the only school back then in Efrat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I personally didn't learn there when we came. My parents wanted me to be in a more religious environment. So they sent me to Arodetzion, which wasn't even in Efrat at the time. It was still in Bat Ayin. Okay. Um, but uh, from friends who I spoke to, like if a kid brought a cheeseburger to school in the Mamad, nobody even thought twice about it. It was just very obvious. There are kids who weren't religious. There were kids who were. And mm-hmm. everybody was respectful of everyone. Yeah. Um, and that's really the community I moved into. 
Um, I feel like as the years went on, the community changed drastically. I mean, the fact that now when my kids go to Asechayel, they measure their skirts. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, I mean, the kids, like, that that wasn't even an issue when we were growing up. That wasn't yeah. even something anybody would think about. It was true. In Erodetzion, there was a special dress code, and people who wanted a more religious environment went there. Right. But the fact that the local regular Mamad school became so from right. was a little bit of a shock. Mm. Um which is why I'm so happy that more schools opened yeah, up. Yeah, I was going to ask, now. is the Tamar school more more lenient? or So the Tamar Mamad school yeah. isn't very lenient, um, but there's the Meshalev school, right. which is unbelievable. Which is moving to our neighborhood. Which is moving into the, the Dagan. Dagan. That's yeah. right. They're moving soon. I yeah. mean, literally in the next few weeks, we were told to pack up all of our kids' things at the beginning of the Seger. Yeah. Because chances are the kids are going to be moving into the new school oh, wow. by the end of the Seger, which is very exciting. That is um, and it's so much aim for it to be in the Dagan because the Dagan really is yeah. amazing. Yeah. There are so many different people who yeah. live in our neighborhood. Pretty much get along with each um, other too. Everybody, <laughs> they, they do. I mean, yeah. everybody has their little politics and their sure. little shul issues and stuff. Yeah. But you don't feel it on a day-to-day no, basis at all. all. I think the feeling in Dagan yeah. is so amazing. Yeah. Which is why I also feel so many people who grew up in Efrat ended up buying in the Dagan wow. because... There's that feeling of, you know, the unity we used to have. Sure. Also, like, new, fresh, new people. A lot of people came in from outside the Yeshuv, too. Right. And I think that's, like, a really nice thing. Um, they bring, like, a, a freshness to it. For sure. And, um, and again, their own color, like you, like we were saying before. Right, totally. Speaking um, of color, we have a little color war here going. I'm red and you're blue <laughs> with the hair. <laughs> you like the blue hair i love it it's great I, it would never work for me because it's just so anti anything i ever believe in i mean blue is just not it's not you know, your color it's not my color my color is red i don't know blue is always yeah. my color i'm yeah. a beach girl right you know i'm becoming a skipper now really i've always wanted to sail i've always wanted to sail so i'll take you out one time we you could do have a podcast access to boats and, and yeah to just course. go oh my god I mean, now i don't be because awesome. of the Seger. i'm yeah. going crazy yeah. i haven't sailed in like in Almost two weeks? Yeah. No, I think it's two weeks since fr- last yeah, listen, Friday. First of all, okay. you guys cut me off before. Yeah, and then, and it keeps saying to me that the Moitza is rejecting me to uh, joining the meeting. So I wrote to a few people on the Moitza. Yeah. Oh my and God, I hope awesome. that someone is listening now because I already wrote to two of you and you're not adding me and you keep We're rejecting live, me. So in the meantime, what I'm going to say is all oh, I want to give you guys yeah. some stuff to talk about for yes. later. So we started off in Susia, went to Ma'on, then Carmel, then Bet yeah. back to Efrat, yeah. then to Jerusalem, then we went to Kohav Shachar to that new farm that they made for, uh, for Ahuvia uh, up right. there. Then we went through Esh Kodesh Ad, went past Tapuach, went to Har Bracha, went to Chavat Amasa, Am, Am, Amsa, Amasa, and uh, Mayan Amasa. After that, we went to another two farms. It's near Har, the uh, Har Bracha and Har Grizi. From there, we went up to Zichron. Yeah. After that, we went to Sajur. Then we went to Kfar Yasif and then to Yarka. Yeah. And we passed by. Oh, no, we passed by Sajur. Sorry. We went to visit somebody. They weren't there. After that, we went up to Miron. We stayed in Yar Miron. After that, went to Binyamina and to Kesaria. After that, came back to Jerusalem, came back to Efrat, went down to Moshavidan in the Arava. In Moshavidan in the Arava, we met a bunch of uh, different uh, uh, agriculturists from a lot of different communities on Kvish Arava that have all different types of problems with agricultural terrorism. And um, then we went down, and at, obviously at the end of uh, Kvish Arava, you have... Ha'agam which is in the Timna Park. Mm-hmm. So we had to go see the Ha'agam before it disappears. <laughs> and right. we want, or if it already disappeared, we wanted to see how it disappears. And then now it's winter, it'd oh, fill yeah, up yeah. again. And then after that, went back out to the road on the way here to get back to work at 12 o'clock on Monday. And the car broke down. So then we somehow oh, yeah, pushed yeah. it into some whatever, a Moshav. And then we got back here and... Yeah, so that's the little list of the few places Unreal. that we've been <laughs> in this country. Yeah. Uh, you know, just not Have really seen around our the car? whole country, but... Have you seen yeah, our so car? I'm going to try the again to wagon? get into Zoom, oh my God. and you guys, could, you guys could talk a little bit the about Ford? that. Yeah. <laughs> the Ford Transit. Yeah, well, you guys set up we shop love... on Atom with that thing. Right, so... The first time I was on, on Atom, I came, and Mika's waking up and, like, scratching his butt. <laughs> and he's taking a shower on the side of the 
<laughs> of the vehicle. You guys are all set up there. It was like your that was like your home for a little while up there. Right. So we love that car yeah. because we could go anywhere in it. It's literally our home on wheels. Yeah. Van um, life. You know it's a big deal. You guys have been doing it before it's even a thing. But people are really into that. I know. We have a friend who does that now. He yeah. literally lives on a like in a huge truck. Yeah. Um, and they've been Micha, how long are they oh, in their truck for? They were he was here, yes, he was here in the yellow truck. That, that thing is really interesting. He converted like some sort of what was it like a deli- awesome delivery truck yeah, or something into a real home. It looked like a real home. It's awesome. Like a real mobile home. Right. It's really neat. Um, so what we sometimes do is we'll go meet them where they are for a weekend. Yeah. Um, and we'll take our little, you know, transit. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. It's so much fun. It's cool. You could live here and then do everything right, so that the- <laughs> just said, you know, it's like, cause I love a frat. I can't ever imagine leaving a frat. Yeah. I love the house we bought. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, but, uh, the house we bought is actually where Micha and I camped out when we were 14 on the Dagan. That's incredible. Um, we know because. Wait, expl- back- expand more on that. Like why were you camping out? Okay. So people so- understand. So back in the day, Efrat was, I mean, it started as Ramon, Tena, then the Geffen sort of joined, and then we got the Dekel, and then there was a really big, then, you know, it was the Intifada times, and um, and what we weren't sure if we were going to be able to build on the rest of the hills of Efrat. Right. So, um, so the women of Efrat actually started this whole thing where they, um, decided that they were going to camp out on the hilltops that were supposed to be part of Efrat later on. Right. Um, just to make sure that the Arabs wouldn't settle there mm-hmm. and also to make sure that we would get it at some point for it to be the continuation of Efrat. I mean, they Great were thinking... on the ground. Yeah, but also, like, they were thinking ahead. You know, when their kids get married, they'd right. want their kids to have a place I mean. to live um, close by. Yeah. So... Uh, and Efrat was also always supposed to be Irishevag vote for the Shivata Minim. So right. therefore, um, it was like that was a huge part of our childhood. A huge part of our childhood was first of all going up on the Zayed and being kicked off by the army, and it was like a whole tug of war sort of a thing. Yeah. And then the Zayed, um, there was a family who moved up there. Micha had a little animal farm up there also. Yeah. Um, and then the next fight we had was really for Dagan and Tamar. Mm-hmm. Um, and by then it became a little bit more violent. Um, when we were taken off of the Dagan, it was, it was brutal. We were, we were little kids. We were beaten up by the Yasamnikim who came to take us down. It Mm. was really not pretty. Um, that's wild. Yeah. Um, we actually, Micha remembers this day. I don't remember it, but Micha remembers when uh, the bulldozers first came to tear down the caravans and the tents that people set up there, and they got stuck inside a hole. And the hole is the uh, the water cistern that you could see in the park right outside our house. Oh wow! Um, so when Josh was, you know, when Josh got that whole tender sure um it was very obvious to me that i was going to choose that exact place Beautiful. to make our home yeah um i'm so happy i, I love with, where uh, we live i spoke with josh a little bit about it yeah he sent me amazing pictures you guys are probably in all of them of, <laughs> of, of the establishment of the dagon it was it was really a crazy time i mean we were so we were so confused back then. We were so hurt back then. You're talking about years where terror was just a way of life. Right. Sometimes I'm grossed out by the feelings we've had we had back then. I mean, if there was if there was a bus bombing and 14 people were do- like were killed in the bus bombing, bombing, it was like, oh, it was just a small pigua. Like, it didn't even mean anything. Like, unless it was, like, 30 or 40 people who died, yeah. it didn't even mean anything to us anymore. Um, unless, of course, it was someone who was close to you. Sure. But Which happened. Which, which happened. happens. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. Happens a lot. Um, I don't know. It's crazy because I always thought, you know, the heroes of Israel were those people who were here during the Haganah and the Etzel mm. and the Lechi. And as a teenager, I was really sorry that I wasn't born back then. Um, but now that I'm a parent and I'm looking back at my teenage years, yeah. I'm like, holy crap, yeah. you guys were real heroes, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't feel that way at the time. It was just, 
you know, it was just one of the things that we went through um, from my class alone in high school. Yeah. Um, we lost four parents and one member of our class. Like, that's a lot out of 24 kids. Yeah. But I don't, it didn't feel like, I, I, I don't know. There was nothing heroic about it. Yeah. Um, there was nothing. I have to say, like, I, I was a little nervous coming into this podcast because I, you don't see yourself like that, but I'm a mosh to you guys like that. When I first moved to town, I, you know, you start to like learn the characters of of, of the area, <laughs> and when and when we spent time on a time together, I saw that you guys were all about this. It's like in your blood. It, you've been doing it since you were young. It's it's part of it's part of your life here, um, and. I, I mean, so like you guys are like heroes to us and like we, I was like nervous. I'm like, what am I going to talk to them about? What do I have to, to, to like, I think the same things that you thought then, like, what do I have to give? Like what, what, you know, where's my place in this whole thing? Right. All this history has happened and it's come into play. Right. So like, I'll tell you what I love about newcomers who come. Um, you guys didn't live through the trauma we lived through. Right. So, like, there's something a lot more wholesome about your soul than there is about ours. Cause... Right. A little narcissistic. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. No, really. You know? There's something, um, like, there's that innocence of youth. Not narcissistic. I meant pessimistic. pessimistic. <laughs> it's okay. No, but, yeah. but no, but it does make us a little bit narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys deserve it. No, because, years I mean, no, when, when yeah. you walk by, you know, three Piguim and you come out right. alive, you're like, holy wow. shit. Like, right. I'm like a I real superhero, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What What is it about me that's so special that I didn't get blown up to pieces like right. the rest of the people back there? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like this dark humor that comes into it. Um, but there's just something... I don't know. There's something so amazing about being friends with people who didn't go through that. Yeah. Um, there's something amazing. Thing, right. You know? it's, it is the fresh blood, yeah. but it's also like, like, I don't want my kids to go through what we went through. Right. Um, and I don't want them to feel the way we felt. And therefore, if I would have made my home where a lot of my other friends from high school made their home, my kids would be living the same exact life I live. I mean, I see my friends in Itar and in Harbracha and they're living exactly what I was living. Yeah. Um, their kids are going through what I went through. Right. Whereas my kids growing up in Efrat are growing up like with this carefree, you know, like teenagers can just be teenagers. Mm -hmm. They can be really stupid and yeah, silly. What's that like? <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love seeing my teenage daughter being silly and stupid. Not that she is really. She's very serious yeah. here. But, um, but, you know, back in the day, we couldn't think about getting high or getting drunk. We were thinking about our friends dying. Right. Um, we were thinking about what we're going to say at a friend's funeral. We were thinking, we were just thinking other things. Yeah. So, um, and I guess on a religious level where, you know, I believe that redemption, you know, will come. I feel like it can't come to people who lived through that sort of like David Amelech couldn't build. Wow, that's Zash. powerful. Hold on. Um, well, why not? Like, you feel like because because there's too much blood on our hands. There's too much. There's too much blood in our soul. Mm. Um, where we don't come from a place of peace. Um, I like. I'd like to believe that I do believe in peace. Yeah. Um, but there are days where I question myself. Even mm -hmm. you know, on the day when Ahuvia Sandak was killed, I gotta tell you, I feel like. Like everything just turned over because because he lived right here right. because we know his family and we know his friends right and whether he was doing the right thing or not doing the right thing yeah it's never the right thing for a child to be killed for murdered sorry for a different ideology like mm -hmm. that it just doesn't mm -hmm. you know it just doesn't sit right yeah. Um, and it was just, it was a hard, it was really a horrible week. I and mean, then, with Esther with being Esther, murdered yeah. and then the next day him, it was just, and it's like for this friendly fire thing even, and it just makes it that much more hurtful and that right. much worse. Um, so I, I, I hear what you're saying a little bit. Um, and it's very confusing if someone's on the outside looking in, trying to understand just that situation alone. You'd have to give them so much backstory. You'd have to explain to them how things how things are here. 
you know, how Esther was just going about her day-to-day life, you know. She was going she, on her morning yeah, her, run. Her morning I mean, run. The, look at the people she, walking down here right. on the street. It's exactly the same thing. Right. She was 200 meters away from the gate of her yeshuv. Right. You're not talking about, and it's a running path. It's not even, you know, she, was, she wasn't she was running out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, and then with Ahuvia, what happens is there's Hafganot all the time. People, you know, like, okay, they get a little bit, uh, aggressive they you know they, they get rowdy listen get you're rowdy, talking about teenagers they do throw rocks at arab cars i have to tell you yeah. as someone who's married to somebody who has done that plenty of times mr <laughs> micha katz um him and his friends yeah. used to do that all the time yeah. every single time somebody was murdered they would go up on a mountaintop and they would throw rocks at arab cars yeah. it was their way of expressing their anger and their hurt um now i'm not saying that's okay. I'm totally condemning the situation. Ahuvia's family also is a very loving family. It's not where they would ever have imagined seeing their son. Right. Um, But the bottom line is teenagers do stupid shit. I mean, the teenagers here... Yeah. <laughs> let's just say aren't you know these innocent little kids who've never done anything wrong either when they right. put all that you know when they you heard that story yeah. of the kids in the high school i mean they're they've done their own shit here yeah. too you know so well, teenagers, teenagers everywhere exactly yeah. they just you know that's part of being a teenager yeah. but to die for your crime that's like it's a whole new level it's right. not even right close to it's heavy. It, it's heavy it is very just to go back on the tainted blood thing, I totally disagree. And uh, I think it was, a, it was a really interesting analogy, the David Amalek thing that you made. But I totally disagree because I feel like, if anything, it should be the people the people who are doing the work and who have laid down the groundwork. I mean, if you think about it right now, Menachem has always said this. Menachem Katz always says this. It's like Mashiach's here. This is, this is the life. This is, if you think about it, we're bigger and better and greater than we've ever been. Unfortunately, we have... All sorts of issues within government and 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 still with our our cousins here, but we're bigger and better than we've ever been. And you guys are living on the hilltop, on the on the giva on the on the mountain that you camped out on when you were fourteen years old. How is that not some sort of like um, you know salvation? How is that? You know, isn't that no, a beautiful so 100%, thing? Aren't you living that right 100%. now? hundred percent. Listen, first of all, you asked me about Mashiach. Yeah. I'm convinced Mashiach is here. That's not even a question. Um, Has Mashiach revealed himself or herself to everybody yet? I don't know. Not necessarily. I think that that's something that comes with time. Ardula always Um, says it's like the birth pangs of labor. You go through these waves where he mentioned waves earlier. Um, You go through these waves. I live the waves. (laughs) Right? The top and the the bottom part, huh? Right. Um, 100%. You know, and, and... it's just a process and it's, it seems like a matter of time, maybe a longer process or a smaller or a shorter process, but it seems like a matter of time. But I like that idea of like the fact that it's here, it's now, like we, we've been working on this for a long time and you guys have been working on this for a long time. And I we've feel like you're living the redemption. We're time. living that we redemption. We are, 100%. Like, like, I mean, just look at all the Jews that. who are coming to Israel these days. I mean, yeah. look at the different tribes During showing up here. Pandemic. During yeah. pandemic, but even before, I mean, yeah. when the Ethiopians started showing up right. and then, you know, suddenly we have the Guatemalans right. and we have, you know, like Jews are coming from everywhere. Yeah. I definitely, definitely see this as a great time for the yeah. Jewish people. Um, I can in the past 2000 years, a hundred percent were in the best of times. Yeah. But even before that, I mean, the times before by Cheney weren't so great for the Jews, you know. Um, the only time where it was amazing for the Jews actually was the times of Shlomo Melech, mm-hmm. when there was absolute it's like peace. a unified kingdom. It was a unified kingdom, but it was a unified world because yeah, he had so true. many wives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he made peace with everyone. And his like harem was kind of here. They stayed like near Brechat Shlomo. Nahan, 100%. And some of these ruins that are here. Listen, one of the yeah. reasons I live here is because they say this is where David Amelech was born and lived as a child. Um, and the fact that we can breathe the same air as him yeah. and walk on the same ground as him, yeah. that to me, that's redemption. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 100%. That's beautiful. I, I really, going back to the time on Etam, I mean, this was like every day for you guys, you know, it was just another place to be or whatever, but it was, it was really special. Um, one night we, we had done Shmirot. like, I was just trying to do a little, my part, my little part. So I have a gun and I want it to be up there. So I would do 
you know, in the evening here and evening there. And it was always a blast when Mifa was up there because uh, <laughs> one particular night we had an amazing event. He goes, at 3 o'clock in the morning, come back to me, please. He's like, we're going to do some drills with the dogs. So I was like, all right, great. we do some drills with the dogs. So it's dark over there. There's no lights or anything. Right. And he puts me in this jacket. <laughs> you know where this is going. And he goes, go hide. And I'm like, where? He's like, go as far as you can. Go hide. And I'm like, what's going to happen? You know, I'm just like this dude from Muncie. I don't know what he's talking about. He's like, he's like, he's like, you'll see. He's like, whatever you do, he's like, keep fighting. I'm like, what are you talking about? So. So I, I, I throw on the jacket and I go hide. And it's like hide and seek. And then Sneakers comes running after me. Sneakers and who else was around then? It was Sneakers and there was another Stella dog. could have been up Stella. there. Yeah, it was Stella. Yakov yeah. um, Stella. Oh. Could it be? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think who was up there then. Um, Alice was up there. Remember? Scott's Alice was up there with mm-hmm. us. Stella. Who else did we have? Um, it could have been even... Um, uh, what's her name? Um, Belle. Maybe Belle okay. was there. I don't know. We I had a bunch of dogs the up litter, there. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like a whole crew. Oh, yeah. So he sends them after me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like three in the morning and I'm hiding in the middle oh my God. of the hill with such a dark story. Of nowhere. And the dogs are on me. And I'm like, I can handle. Look at Sneakers. Sneakers is like a little dog. I but know, not really. She's so sweet. You don't realize. She's so sweet. They took me down. Of course she took you down. It was I was fighting. I was like, no way, I'm gonna win this. They took no me down. way you're winning. And her. it happened like five, six times, you know, in a row. I was like, all right, I'm a, he's like, come on, let's keep going. I'm like, I, I think I'm done with this. I've had enough of the of the Mifa um, treatment. But yeah. you know, this is part of the training that, that you guys do all the time. There's, right. there's other people here in Afrad who have dogs that you guys have trained and um and they're doing this great work with the IDU and I mean and, just yesterday, really, yeah. I was so proud. I was so, so proud because yeah. being the commander of a unit, yeah. you don't necessarily always know everyone's gonna come through, you know, when it comes down to it. Right. It's the money time. Um, and then really yesterday, I mean, our own came with Maggie and uh, Chaim came and beautiful with Lexi and, you know, Amifa had obviously we had sneakers with us and Tiny, who's been <laughs> who's the new hero of the day. <laughs> but yeah. what was great about Tiny, though, yeah. is that Tiny isn't very scary. Like the rest of our dogs are a little bit scary. Right. So if you're even a little oh, bit scared of dogs, right. you know, that could be very like some dogs. Yeah. Running, searching. For yeah. You, searching for you. You might not want right. that dog to find Nahon. you. So that's why I sometimes like having a cute little one like Tiny around because yeah. it sort of makes it more playful. And, you know, if someone's not. I mean, if you're talking about terror and you're talking about needing to take down somebody the way Micha took you down, because <laughs> Hershey, I got to tell you, was... you're one scary dude. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah. But, you know, so then like you really need the Milanois. They, yeah. they know how to do the job. They know how to do it well. But right. sometimes in search and rescue, I actually would rather have the cuter dogs, the sweeter dogs. Right. Um, Especially around children, they love puppies and cute right. dogs. So if a ch- child saw the person you're looking for, yeah. then maybe they would be intimidated to talk to you if you're with a big dog. Right. If you have a puppy and you want to come and engage, a lot of times children see stuff, but they just don't tell you because right. even just seeing an adult these days for kids that are only in screens, right. it's intimidating them to look at a big, big grown-up. Yeah, sure. A big, hairy, grown-up. Exactly. <laughs> burly, like yeah. It's intimidating and scary to give information, yeah. but when they're talking to Tiny, a little puppy, yeah. and they're explaining to Tiny that they saw the person or they think they saw the person in yeah. the picture, then it really helps always having something small and cute. For sure. For sure when you're inside cities or communities. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really impressed actually with the kids in our neighborhood. In general, our neighborhood is awesome with dogs. Awesome yes, with dogs. Yes. I, I you know, in other neighborhoods, it's not so simple. People aren't so comfortable with dogs running free or getting out of their house or whatever. But in right. our neighborhood, it's simply people just want to help your dog get home. 
And it's really nice. It's about education. And right. there are a lot of people in Efrat that are always out there educating and talking about how it's important to be nice to animals. Yeah. And showing kids how animals are good. And right. But there's a lot of stuff and a lot of people that show a real good dugmai sheet and they're an yeah. example to these pe- to the, all these kids. I agree. And it becomes not scary. And right, but also have... every school here almost has their pinat chai. That's right. It's really amazing. I mean, our kids grow up in a great education system. We're yeah. so, so privileged mm-hmm. to live in a place like Efrat. Yeah. Um, really, no matter what school you send your kids to and no matter what your ideology is, and I mean... The other day, I saw someone who's very, very from, very from, and she came up to me almost in tears. She said that, I want you to know that I send my kids to the school where you send your kids because yeah. I want my kids to be friends with people. Oh, like that's beautiful. Family. It was just like, I don't It was like Redemption. this amazing, amazing family, like feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's really what Efrat's all about. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. We're like, you know, different Shvatim. Um, it's about the togetherness and not about the divide. Right. It's to find ways to better be together instead yeah. of finding better and to connect much the smaller is really um, part of what we places are. to be alone. Right, right. Yeah, I'm with you guys. You know, the kids will come up and they'll say, if Charlie Latef, I love that. I then love from, it. From like a few feet away. Very smart. Nahon. Very smart. Or people that say to you, is it okay if my dog approaches your dog? Right. Not only with kids or people, but right. also between animals. Right. You walk around in some places in the country and you see people's dogs taking them for walks into other dogs' <laughs> mouths <laughs> without asking, without anything. Oh, yeah. and it's a catastrophe. Yeah. It's great Hi. to see what goes on here. Totally. I could stand to learn a lot from you guys. Like one of my dogs, he's very alpha and he always feels the need to show the other dogs that he's the boss for whatever reason. And I feel like I have a lot to learn in that respect because at first I was always yanking him back. And I'm like, and then I learned, I think maybe you told me, you're like, you're teaching him that you're preparing for a fight. Like, you know, that he, that he's about to engage. Do not do that. That's not something you specifically want. You want to like deescalate the situation, make things a little bit more comfortable for everybody. Everyone's happy. Everyone's hanging out. So I think I still have a long way to go, and so does my my doggy. We but, all have um, a long way to go. Yeah, there you go. But listen, yeah. like the cup says, ten chiyuch Yeah. You know, just keep being optimistic, keep making lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, there's like lemonade stands also around. All I know, I love it. Right, <laughs> so the cute. little kids. Yeah. It's like the little stands Selling, that we used to have. They pop up after candy and lemonade. Sager after Sager, like if yeah. they just kind of go out there, they Selling put stuff out. Toys, They're so yeah, cute. It's cute. Clothes. It's really nice. It is. Our kids did, also did. They cleaned out their closets and they mm-hmm. sold all their clothes outside. I mean, it's their own made, little way of recycling. Wait, they, they made five shekel. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it's, uh, the, it's but like there are the clothes we took to the gemach, which is also an amazing thing about Efrat. Right, you can find almost anything in our secondhand oh stores which aren't really even stores yeah. I mean you could get a whole new wardrobe in Norissa's place or in the Yad Bayad right you could get all your furniture I mean I was talking to a friend um as part of the women's council um part of a women's <laughs> council in the whole Israel wow. and um I was part I was actually uh <laughs> I was in charge of the whole environment and uh recycling um part of it and it was like they were amazed to hear about the gemachs that we have here in Efrat yes. because it's not really just the idea of the gemach. We're in a lot of places. That's what it's about. It's like if people don't have money, then you have a gemach for something. Right. But in Efrat, it's not about that. It's about the recycling of your things. Nobody here throws right. things out. It's true. I mean, if you realize like like the amount of trash we throw out is so much less than other communities because we really make sure to recycle so much of our stuff. Um, And that's actually, I need to go soon because my next meeting is about opening up a whole recycling plant in Efrat. Oh, wow. Um, That's our mission for the next year. Um, We want to be able to recycle everything here. I mean, we're talking about clothing. We're talking about wood. We're talking about metal, everything, all your fruits and vegetables. We want to have real composters like, you know, I think that's too, and that's a great which idea. I think, and I think the people in Efrat are so ready for stuff, something like that, because yeah. the people here love, they love the world, they love their community, they love their environment, um, they love to be active and do great things. Mm-hmm. So I really see it as, you know, it's an opportunity. Um, I see it as a responsibility that I have towards my community and the world I live in and the world for the tomorrow, you know, what we want to leave for our kids. 
Um, and I really hope that I really hope it works. Number one, Me and too. I hope other communities learn from the success of Efrat and will take it upon themselves to be the same way. Because if we could, you know, even take down the amount of garbage that our country has to dispose of, we'd be in a much much better place. I completely agree, and I think that's a wonderful initiative, and I hope it goes well. That would be <laughs> really too. neat to see compost, like little uh, compost bins, either out on the street for people to use outside or everyone have their own kind of little thing to go right, to a so bigger I'll pot. Tell you, the compost yeah. we actually want to do by Wegline yeah. because he could use it there in the Chava that he has. Oh, okay. Um, and then maybe wherever we have a community garden, right. we'll try to have a real composter. We have one yeah, I know, nice. right. So over there also we want to Smart. have um, a composter because then I'm, then it's like if you collect all of your you know all of your organic garbage in your house yeah then you can you know dispose of it in the composter now i'm not saying everyone's going to want to do it right. and that's okay also you know somebody who has 11 kids and yeah. is running after everybody you know just the fact Who's that they get time? their garbage in their garbage yeah. <laughs> is already a good thing but there are a lot of people out there who do have the time right. and you know if you have 11 kids maybe two of them care about the environment and they want to be the ones to collect the garbage right um so anyway, I, yeah, I really can tell you've you've you've, you've thunk it through. <laughs> no, it's great, and I I really hope that happens. I really hope that goes well. It's I love seeing the, the that the garden initiative. Also, it's it's a really neat thing. Yeah, wow. Nava, Have you been there lately? No, I haven't. The tractors I've they they been... started leveling it out for That's us. That's right, next to the park. Over yes, there. next yeah. to the park. They're really the Montas being so helpful. Really, I'm yeah. so so happy. It's a large space too. It is a large space. It'll yeah. be an awesome garden. Nava, thanks so much for for taking awesome. the time and and love you guys <laughs> and I, I really you appreciate you no know, you giving next us. Time I, I want us to do this with Javi though. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. I miss hanging out with her. Javi, you hear that? Yeah, do you hear that? <laughs> the last time we hung out, I think we, we were singing Let It Go. Oh, I love it. I love it. Good times. I, I have to watch that one yeah. time. I never watched really? it yet. I was too embarrassed. To. You, probably, you don't even know what it's like to have snow. You grew up in a front. We had snow. The last time we had snow was eight years ago. Oh, my God. I hope we have snow ago. this weekend. Yeah. You say it's going to really? be stormy. I really? mean, I don't know if snow stormy, but yeah. you can always hope and yeah. pray. Amen. Preach it, sister. I hope too. <laughs> if you like this podcast, please subscribe. And um, thank you so much for uh, taking the time and listening to us. And listening thank to you. Thank you. This is awesome. Okay, thanks. <laughs>